The Money Show. Other people's money. So nobody has ever competed with our headphones before, but Lerato Mbalasi is doing precisely that this evening. She's wearing the most spectacular pair of earrings that are the size of headphones, but they're positioned just beautifully below her ears. Yeah. Um, well, who made them? Where they come from? I feel like I'm on the red carpet. Who are you wearing? I'm wearing... Earrings. Earrings from a store. Somewhere, <laughs> oh, nice. in, somewhere in the mall. Well, somewhere. They're, they're, Some mall. They're very bold. They are. They, they are, are bold. Which I am. I am bold lately. And you have a, a signature hairdo. Yeah. And this is your signature hairdo. It's like my signature hairdo. I think I need to change it though. It's been years. Has it been? It's been like forever. But is is that important in terms of brand identity and saying, oh, here comes Lara? No, I just happen to be lazy. (laughs) I don't want to brush my hair. I don't have to worry about doing anything in the morning besides washing it and getting out the shower. And so people, the tech billionaires who are poorer now than they were this time last year, but they're still the billionaires, like would wear boring things. Like uh, Steve Jobs would wear the same T-shirt, black T-shirt thing, because they never have to worry about thinking about getting dressed. They don't need to prove to anybody anything anymore exactly. so I, I think that's where I'm at I don't need to prove anything anymore you mentioned when you came in so I don't think it's rude of me to share that you hit 40 yeah right and it's such a beautiful age it is the best age ah, it is the best age because you don't care anymore really I mean you care but you don't care for the little things anymore no, but that's the point isn't it there's yeah. a freedom of like I've done a whole bunch of stuff I've proven what I can do yeah and it's either you like it or you don't accept it or you don't. But I'm not here to try and ingratiate myself in any way. But you are going after a very long, I don't mean to like stress the very long, but after a, <laughs> a, after, a, after, a, after a long and successful career, three decades of acting, you've been acting almost yeah, three decades. It's, yeah, it's so it would mean you started as a very young person. Yeah, I started in my, in my teenage years. On stage? On stage. Whereabouts? The first production I did was at the Theatre in Orange Grove um, on uh, Louis Porter. Uh, what's it called? I'll get the name. But that theatre on Orange Grove, which is opposite the BP, that's the first theatre I performed at professionally in 1995. What was the role? I played Puck. I played a boy oh, in Midsummer Night's Dream. dream. Yeah. But, 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 but unless <laughs> you have the right boy. Because you've got to be, you, you need a level of maturity with Puck, a level of cheek, a, yeah. a, a real impishness that comes yeah. with Puck in a Midsummer Night's Dream that very few boys of an age can deliver. Yeah. And so often it takes the maturity of a young woman to yeah. actually deliver it and you get away with it because Puck's, I mean, I was Puck's young. very. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I didn't have any breasts then, so <laughs> I worked. And, and I mean, it's a fabulous role. It's like it's the best role in was, Much Do About yeah, Nothing. Yeah, it's a, it's a naughty character. Yeah. And I loved it. So, yeah. It's how, did, been, uh, how did you get that gig? I went to auditions. Um, I, I picked up a piece of paper, Bruce. Um, it was during lunchtime at school. There was a piece of paper that flew straight to my feet. I guess it's destiny, right? I picked it up. I've never read a newspaper in my life. And I see this thing that says auditions, sing, act, dance. And I was like, this is what I want to do. I've heard people speak about this. So you weren't doing singing, acting, dancing at school. That wasn't the thing for you. No, there was. I mean, we, we did. I was in the choir at school, but there wasn't dance or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? In township schools, all you got was you either in a choir or you play soccer or netball mm. and athletics. That's really all you could do. And I got home that afternoon. Remember those phones that you had to? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I gave my. I'm sorry, we, I, we got to a place in wilderness in the Southern Cape. 
<laughs> and there were two of these, those black Bakelite phones. Bakelite was like an early plastic. Yeah. One was the dial phone. Yeah. And I said to my children, make that work. What is it? What is it? Yeah, it's, they a have no clue. it's a and phone. And so they, they, they collaborated and eventually worked it out. But after dialing like three numbers, I said, dial 999 or something. Yeah. And they were like, no, that's really boring. It takes too long. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, which they couldn't figure out, was an old party line phone, which you had oh, to yes. dial. You yes. had to ring. <laughs> like that. Um, and they just like, no, this is not. This no This is not. No, there's useful. no screen. They need screens. Exactly. Yeah. So it's so funny. Yeah, so that's when it started. I mean, I picked up the phone. My English was terrible at that time. But all I asked was, what time must I be there and where? So, now, okay, this is really interesting. Because you, you stroke, you, so English is not a comfortable language for you at the age of 10. I was 13. Yeah, I was 13. 13. Yeah. At the age of 13. I couldn't even, it, it, it was shocking to hear a white person on the other end of the line. In fact, my heart was racing. It's 1995, for goodness sake. Yeah, yes. I'm like, what do you say? And she's like, hello. And I'm like, hello. I, this audition, I want to come, and and she explained, and I was writing down everything because I needed mom to tell my mom what this lady said. And that Saturday morning, I woke up. It was a long queue of high school students, a long one of the longest queues I've ever seen because I had never been to an audition. Before. And how much Shakespeare had you read, read at this time? Nothing, <laughs> exactly, nothing. And I did from '95. I did about three Shakespeare plays, and when I got to varsity, I did a couple of Shakespeare Shakespeare plays. And um, yeah, I've done theatre ever since. It's amazing, uh, isn't yeah. it? But I mean, that's a, a really audacious beginning. Yeah. Uh, for somebody who's not comfortable in a language and an old fashioned language right. at that, in something as blim and complicated, and then to memorize and then to get the character right. Yeah. And you sing. And, and you've got these lights, and you're told there's going to be a couple of hundreds of people coming to watch you. But you fell in love at that moment. That moment, I knew this is what I've always wanted to do because the only reference I had of performance was television, you know, mm. which was from next door because we had to go next door and we would watch. And I was like, that's what I want to do. I, I didn't know what it was called then. It was acting. And I was like, that's what I want to do. I, wanna, I want people to watch me like this. And now in 1995, I am on stage and people are watching me. And ever since, you know, I've, I've performed at amazing theaters. Have you, have you always been a show? off? I mean, sorry. <laughs> Well, you know, I love a bit of attention. No, attention. But I mean, there, there is nothing more gratifying than the stage where the audience is involved Absorbing. and getting it and responding oh, to yeah. the performance that you deliver. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Nothing compares. I mean, um, you always get people ask you, you know, which one would you choose between television and, and, and theater? And I, for me, as, as somebody who started in theater, I always find that to be an unfair question because once, you, once there's action, you got to give somebody something. You know, your audience members must watch you and feel something or think about something. And and Have you ever done a long run of something, though, where you've played the same role a oh, hundred times? Oh, no, I have. And that it's must, not for me. But that must be exhausting because yeah. you, the person who's watching performance number 99, it's the first time they've seen it. <laughs> And that you going, ah, to be or not to be, I don't care what the bloody question is in the first place. Um, you I know... Mean, I mean, I remember I play. Um, um, I played Adopal Dorothy. What, what's Midsummer Night's Dream? And I played one of the good wish, uh, witches. No, no, the Midsummer Night's Dream is where you were puck. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Witches Macbeth. No, no, with with Dorothy. Dorothy, the yellow Wizard brick of Oz. Clothes, the Wizard of Oz. 
I'll keep, keep up. Yeah. I'll keep so, up. So, keep so up. I, I was playing one of the good witches and, and we meet Dorothy and, and she's not really a witch. She can't do anything. She's just a scam, really. And she's like, I'm a great witch and I, I can tell you who you are. And I had to say like a couple of names before I get to, in fact, she must tell me that she's Dorothy. And I remember one performance. Um, I, the first name I said was Dorothy. Dorothy. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, that's my name. And my heart sank because I was like, what do I do now? And and those are the challenges of performance because you have the show must go on. Isn't it fantastic? I mean, you hear the, some of the legends of theatre who deliberately would set out to make each other corpse on the oh, stage. Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm uh, one of them. Yeah. No, and I'm 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 terrible. I corpse all the time, all the time. I corpse and. There's something yeah. quite sweet about it as the audience member when you're watching the game going on. And you see it. And you see it play <laughs> and you watch them ha- and you know it's all about to go pear-shaped and that creates the tension and everything <laughs> else. You, uh, we we're not going to talk about your childhood, but I mean, there's, yeah. there's been an extraordinary 30-year career, but you're looking to change direction. I am. I'm considering it um, for maybe to some people obvious reasons and maybe to some not so obvious um, I feel like I've I've reached a ceiling in in my career in the country, so it's either I go international, and if I don't, then I think it's time I become one of the leaders within the art space. You know, minister of arts maybe. A board why member. would you? Why would you want to ruin your life? I don't know if oh. it's ruining my life. I mean, I'm still contributing to the arts because it's something I'm passionate yeah, about. Yeah, but that's like a proper job. It is a proper job. Oh, no, you don't want that. And challenging. And I, and I think that's, that's what I want. But, I want to challenge. But you clearly want to influence the arts. I do, because differently. They're not, they're, not working properly for, they're not working properly for enough people? Not for me. You know, currently, I'm, I'm really one of those performers that are dissatisfied with certain things. And, and you know, it's, it's what, not even about... What, what particularly? I, I think if, because there's no structure really in the industry. That's there's no policy mm-hmm. in the industry. There's, there's nothing that, you know, in corporate, one thing I respect about it is whether you like people or not, whether you think they're good enough or not, there is some, there's something that makes the industry run, you know? There's a machine that makes it work. And with us, it's become very random, you know? It's become a space where Bruce can wake up one day and decide, you know, why not? And some, Like you did. When I you mean, were 10, 13. But then I went to school and, and yeah. I, I, I invested. And now I feel like all that investment was really for nothing. But you're doing a business degree now. I am. Because you want to have a bigger influence in the world of the performing arts. Maybe. Uh, or, or not. Or not. Yeah. It will all depend. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, the, degree, the, the diploma will give me options. And I think that's what I'm, I'm gunning for. What yeah. has been your favorite role in 30 years? Gosh, I would say, I mean, the one that catapulted my career, which would be Gatleho on Home Affairs, you know, um, that's the one I got nominated for an Emmy for. And I think the storyline and, and also it being one of those last productions where there was no social media, you know, it was really about the story and, and us influencing society and having people talk about relevant stuff. What has social media done? Oh, my goodness. Has it, has it improved, worsened, invaded? One, it's invaded. Um, secondly, for me, it's had this pernicious influence, you know, especially on, on is it just young people? On a lot of people, you know, because now we've got this warped sense of, of warped sense idea of what 
what television and the media is about, you know, um, the fame, the instantaneous fame that people think there's instant money and, and everything is instantaneous. It's like a microwave industry. And, and because of my background within the arts, it, it doesn't seem to work for me. Am I saying it's wrong? No, I'm not. Am I saying it's right? No, I'm not. I'm just saying it's evolved in a manner that doesn't relate mm. with me. And that's why I'd rather exclude myself so that things can happen how they should be. And, and I, I don't want to be an, an unhappy actress who's constantly questioning everything. Do you read reviews? Do you... Because, um, uh, again, the... Uh, lots of people don't read reviews. I mean, the old-fashioned printed reviews, people would wait for midnight New York newspapers to come yeah. out to see whether their show would succeed or flop because if the reviews were rubbish, they'd open a second night. So yeah. that was life and death stuff. Yeah. But the, the, the reviews were generally done by professional reviewers who'd yeah. seen lots of theatre and they either had a good sense of it or a bad sense of it. Yeah. Today, the, anybody... Anyone, anyone can, can say anything about Absolutely. With absolutely no sense of proportion, of timing, of a clue as to what they're doing and suddenly they become influencers um, yeah. and, and can actually make or break careers. Oh, absolutely. I mean, now you've got, you've got everybody, you know, on, on our screens, you know, whether they've got a degree or diploma or some kind of experience in, in theatre or not, everyone can wake up and, and be on screen today. But they are the customer. Um, ultimately, their, their opinion about what they are consuming should matter, shouldn't it? To a certain degree, but also who's influenced their way of seeing things. Someone must have influenced them. And I feel like the media has contributed, you know, to this fallacious idea of what the industry is, you know, and, and people absorb that and think this is how it's done, you know, and, and some powerful people have also been irresponsible in how they influence the public, you know, how they, the, how they view the industry, how they view performance, how they, you know, this past weekend, a friend, a guy friend invited me to a, his friend's birthday and the speech that this guy was making, he's in, he's in mining. Um, when he was, you know, speaking about my friend who's in the arts, he was like, you know, this is, you know, don't talk because this is not acting here. We're not here to act. And, and I see how we, you know, in the township, we say we're like Popeyes now, you know, we're cartoons to people. So mm -hmm. clearly the industry is not even taken seriously by anybody. And, really. and, and one of the, and we need to pause for a moment, but yeah. one of the great hopes of COVID was that people would appreciate the arts again. Uh, because one thing that kept people sane was that ability you got sent home. Yeah. Um, some people lost their jobs. Yeah. Um, some people got a little bit of money when they lost their jobs, but they went home. And it was the arts that kept people sane. Suddenly there was the access to Netflix. People started watching stuff, started because, because consuming stuff. And there was a hope in some circles that the arts would actually be appreciated for their role in society. And maybe it was for a bit. Was it the arts or was it just entertainment? Because everybody was doing Ooh. something. Yes. Everyone was cooking. Everyone was dancing. Everyone was baking. baking everybody was acting. Everybody was doing. So for me, I don't know if it's really the arts, but more entertainment. People were, were entertained. And, you know, and, and I feel like that has made things even worse because now, you know, people that entertain are now... Ooh. Performers, yes. you know, and, and they're not; they're entertainers. And 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 I mean, I, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with where the industry is going. I'm just saying, it's my time to refocus. Refocus. That's the word we're looking for. Yeah. Lerato Mvelasi, more with her in a moment.
The Money Show. Other people's money. I was having so much fun talking about the arts. I haven't spoken about money. I've you been good with money in I... 30 years of being other people on stage and on film and on series and all of the things you've done? Yeah, I think I'm relatively good with money. Um, I am, actually. I mean, I save. I I pay for the things I need to pay for. I take of the things I need to take care of. And I'm not one to necessarily splash my money and, and waste it on things that don't bring meaning to my life. Do you buy cars with balloon payments? I actually just bought a car for my 40th. Did you? I did. Did you pay cash for it? No. You borrowed money for it? I did. Did you put a big fat balloon payment on it? <laughs> I put some money on it, but not a big fat one. Okay, we need to talk. Um, okay, <laughs> so is it a nice car? Is it a car that makes you feel proud to be 40? Yeah, let me tell you. Let me, tell, let me explain to you, Bruce, now. I've, I'm not a counsellor, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't therapy. I know. I, I, I've, I've been very good with money. I'm very responsible. I mean, I take care of my kids, I take care of my family, and blah, 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 blah. And I've, I've done that for many years and I'm, I've never complained right but I think when I turned 40 I was like what do you do for yourself for all the hard work you know you've built a home validation you yeah for myself you know I'm like I work hard for my money and I want to enjoy it and it's the first time I've actually bought myself something really special so other than those fabulous earrings yeah, yeah other than my fabulous earrings and also I realized that I've taught my kids all the responsibilities and of life except to enjoy themselves. And I think for me, this was a, there's a moment of enjoyment. It's a moment of enjoyment. It's not a habit of enjoyment. No, it's not a habit of enjoyment. It's a moment. And I mean, it's a car. If it needs to go, it will go. I'm not attached to it <laughs> in any way. My home, yes. Okay. And, and is your home paid for? My home is paid. I've got one home that's fully paid. In fact, two. <gasps> Look at you. Yeah. I'm, the second one is almost done. And my third one, you know, it's not fully paid. Paid, paid for, but are other, pe are other people paying for it? Other people are paying for it, and that's the the marvelous thing about property is the leverage that yeah. you get. You buy, you put down the deposit. Other people come in, they pay the rent. Um, you've got to make sure the administration and the and, and the yeah. care and maintenance is done. It's, it's a big schlep. It is, but, it is. but you're it's building an it. asset base. Yeah, my kids have have something that you know that that's for their future. I didn't get that opportunity. No one gave me that. Why are you spoiling them? It's for you. <laughs> do, do, do you think, do you, I mean, again, not specifically to you, but there, you know, you've worked blooming hard because you've come from a, from a, from a difficult space. And so you. Absolutely. And I wonder whether or not we're not the generation that ruins our kids because they get too much too easily. You know, to a degree we do. Um, but, you know, I think I'm conscious of what I give my kids. They'll, they'll get shelter, they'll get clothing, basic simple clothing brands not necessarily maybe for a birthday or okay. if they've got good grades you know but not like a it's a lifestyle no and you know i'll give them a holiday when i've saved up and i can take them and i've paid for their school fees where did you last go on holiday we went to a place called um uh it wasn't that good a holiday, clearly. No, it was great, actually. It was <laughs> in so 2020. No, it was in 2020. Um, Honey Guide. It's a place called Honey Guide in okay. between Mpumalanga and Limpopo. Oh, very nice. Yeah. But that's 2020. I mean, that was 20, co yeah, COVID caused havoc. It did. Are you doing another proper holiday soon? Next year, January, yeah. Okay, um, I've, got an, I've got a couple of options because um, last year I didn't take my kids anywhere. 
They say I didn't really take them anywhere. No, no, but, yeah, but it's been tough, I think, on families because they're, yeah. they're, they're acting shut down like everything else. Um, and also, you just don't want necessarily to go out and go and see people and go into no. places where the lurgies could be sitting in the atmosphere. So exactly. So careful. Yeah. What is the one thing that you've spent money on that you've gone, I really shouldn't have done that? But I loved it. It was um, great. I don't know if I loved it, but one thing that I regret is opening a credit card for an ex-boyfriend. I did that. Was he an ex-boyfriend at the time you opened the credit card? <laughs> no, he wasn't. Okay, so he got... It felt good at that time because I was like, you know, I love him and he needs it. But there wasn't a point where you thought perhaps it's time to take it back now. The problem is I took it back, but, you know, he didn't pay for it. I took the credit card, but, you know, I... It's, it was a good test of character and it's a good affirmation for the decision you made. Yeah. As painful as it might have been at the time. Yeah. So never again. Yes, and no shit. No one else should do that either. No, no credit cards. Please ever. don't. Oh, what a pleasure. So nice to see you. Thank, Thank you for you. coming in. Thank you for Lerato having me. Lerato Mbalasi this evening. She is an actress doing a business degree, a business diploma, and looking at new things. But you won't disappear from stage and screen forever, though. No, I mean, I'll do Still it part time as a passion. Passion project. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Lerato. <laughs> Thank you.